another episode of Geek Out, hosted by Those Guys Geek. I'm Steve. I'm Jason. I'm Chris. And to this week, we are talking about one of our favorite topics. Nope, oh, not Star no. Wars. Yeah, not our favorite topic. And not Suicide Squad. And not Suicide Squad, but slightly related, we are going to be talking about Batman. As if we're not going to mention the Suicide Squad at some point during this podcast. We, just, we technically just did. See, we did. You've already lied, Steve. Carry on. I, I don't think it can be one of our podcasts anymore unless we actually mention something about the Suicide Squad or something related. So I think we should get free tickets to go. I don't know. Uh, anyway, we're going to be talking about a couple categories to do with Batman. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of Batman in the news these days with uh, you know, the release of Arkham Knight, which uh, you can find Jason's review over at thoseguysgeek.com. I'm currently playing it, and I'm absolutely loving it. Obviously, we got Batman v Superman coming up soon. we got some new comic books, but we're going to be talking, breaking down some of the past films, some of the past comic books, graphic novels, and things like that, and giving you our opinion of it. So we're going to jump right into it on Batman on film and TV. Okay, guys, so obviously, you know, we have um, movies dating back, you know, to like the 40s and 50s, but we're going to kind of probably just start it off with the, the 1980s Batman from Tim Burton and just go from there. So what do you guys think? I just recently watched those, uh, that, that chunk of movies again, and uh, yeah, it's a lot different than what I remember. Is it? Keep in mind, uh, Tim Burton is probably uh, the guy who re helped reboot Batman for the modern age. He took what Frank Miller did with the graphic novels in the 80s and translated that to film, and that's how we've had this kind of modern incarnation to be able to watch on the small and the big screen, you know, ever since mm -hmm. those movies came out. So, uh, in my mind... Uh, the Burton films are probably my favorite ones out of any of the movie adaptations, um, simply because his style was replicated even like through Batman the animated series. You know, it's it's a it was kind of a popular uh, stylization of Batman even in the comics uh, for the early nineties. Yeah, in this category, like like we said, we're going to do Batman on film, video games, graphic novels, and we're going to talk about the future of Batman, but film, TV, um, arguably the the go-to thing for anybody wanting to get into Batman is the animated series. A lot of people have said that, and obviously, you know, the Tim Burton films um, branched into that. Chris, what's your what's your early memories of, you know, watching these films? What you're going to look at, too, and I mean, and you're right, you nailed it. I mean, Burton, he's dark, he's twisted. Um... In fact, I think I read somewhere that the big thing about because there was only one. Yeah, Batman. The original Batman was came out in '89, I believe. I think it was the. In fact, it was the only one of the the, the, the Burton trilogy that was in the, the '80s. The rest of them all came out early '90s. Um, the cool thing was the way they did it. I mean, to put Batman and to come straight out with the Joker right out of the gate. Uh, it was the first time, as far as on film and an adaptation goes. Uh, I was reading somewhere before that it was the first time since '66 in a film that Batman and the Joker were were on film together. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I mean, and at that point, too, I mean, Jack Nicholson was an iconic Joker. Um, out of the trilogy, I'll be honest with you, though, uh, Batman Returns was probably my favorite. Uh, loved, loved DeVito as the Penguin. Thought it was great. Um, again, sick, twisted. They ran the, uh, the Cobblepot character to a T. Plus, I mean, it's Michael Keaton. I mean, in my personal opinion, up till now, he's been the best one to portray both Bruce Wayne and Batman at the same time. Now, see, I'm I, I disagree with you there because to me, now that I've watched these films and I've watched the the Nolan films now, like I've watched uh, the Schumacher, you know, you had Tim Burton doing the first two, then you had uh, 
uh, Schumacher doing the the last two. Then you had Nolan obviously doing the current three, which by most people you talk to, they're probably going to say Nolan films is their favorite. Um, I personally don't see anybody that can embody the role of both characters. And even Game Informer just posted on their... They did a poll as to who the best Batman was, and they said out of all the Batmans, Kevin Conroy gets it. Well, he's, in, the, he's, he's, he's the fan favorite for anybody. He is the definitive. Um, but, I mean, you know, I, I think, I think um, Keaton did... You know, a half decent role. I just don't. I, I don't think there's anybody who, in my eyes, at least, that's embodied both. It's a hard thing to look at too, because uh, if you compare the movies, uh, each person portrayed Bruce Wayne in a bit different way. Even the Nolan, the Nolan films kind of went with the whole, uh, you know, he Christian Bale really amped up the Playboy persona aspect of it. You know, the dumb. He's almost the, the Tony Stark of Batman. Yeah, but uh, even even worse because like you know everybody is like oh he's he's an idiot, right? Like whereas uh, you know the Keaton films or sorry yeah the Keaton films and even the when uh, Clooney and Kilmer played him you don't really see you don't really see that as much. I think uh, Burton and Nolan were the only two you know filmmakers to really look at look at like a lot of aspects of the Bruce Wayne side of things in any you know real shaper. Or form in any way. They also really, um, especially in uh, the in the Burton films, um, the first one is my is is my favorite. They um, they really brought across the detective side of Batman. And uh, before all of this, uh, just to go on a bit of a history lesson, because what I did also too was when I finished each movie, I watched the special features to get a little bit more involved in to what the filmmaking process was on each movie. Was before this, it was all campy. And they kind of returned to that, uh, kind of in like Batman Forever and in Batman and Robin, but uh, the the Burton films stuck with you know the dark, like uh, kind of a homage to the Alan Moore stuff, uh, Frank Miller thing, the the graphic novels of the of the 80s. But they really brought across the detective side of. Uh, of Batman, you know, he's sitting in front of his computer, he's breaking it down, and uh, Jack Nicholson actually was uh, Tim Burton's only choice for, uh, and Bob Kane's apparently, who's the creator of Batman, uh, apparently his only choice. Yeah. Is he the creator of Batman? Anyway, I'm not going to get into that, but Bob Kane. <laughs> there's there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff that says Bob Kane literally had nothing to do with the actual creation. Or adaptation of Batman, other than the fact he was there to be able to put his name on it when it when it started. And that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> <laughs> but what I love so much, and again, I'm going to go back to Batman Returns for a sec, Steve, and that is, I mean, you, you think about it. Von Young was actually supposed to play Vicki Vale, and she, uh, interestingly enough, she w uh, came to the studio when uh, Batman Returns was filming and came into the audition room dressed as Catwoman. And said that, hey, you know, I think this is what Catwoman would do. But yeah, I I want to be Catwoman anyway. She obviously lost out to Michelle Pfeiffer, um, who again wasn't. I, I forget the name of the person who they had cast, but uh, she wasn't uh, the first choice. But she turned out to be excellent. Like she's a perfect Catwoman. My only issue with Batman Returns is it's too, it, it, it's too Tim Burton. E. I don't know how that can be a complaint. It's fair. It's <laughs> it, 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 when when you look at it, like when you look at both films compared, 
the original Batman film was it would never have it like it had it had different it had aspects of Tim Burton, but it still wasn't like like if you look at all his other films compared to the Batman in nineteen eighty nine, it wasn't like you could argue that it's not a Tim Burton film when it really is. But then you look at Batman Returns and it is one hundred percent a Tim Burton film because it shares a lot of the same characteristics as, you know, like Edward Scissorhands and, and movies like that. So I just found it as I'm watching it now, now that I'm older and I've watched a few Tim Burton films, it's definitely very much a Tim Burton film, whereas the original one I you know, can be argued that it wasn't so much. And I guess because the first one did so well and they even said this in the special features that he was kind of given his uh, his own way with the second film. Oh, yeah, obviously. And, I mean, that's why he never got to do a third one is really creative differences and whatnot. And then we, of course, get into the uh, the Schumacher era of, of the Batman movies, which, I mean, financially obviously did well, but critically they were not real well received. And we got to keep in mind, too, the, the thing about these these movies is that realistically superhero films even today are designed primarily in a lot of ways to sell merchandise well that's what the that was what batman and robin which a lot of people say is the worst film ever put to film i don't think Uh, that's just a general consensus that's that if anybody who is and i hope you're listening and i'd love to hear the argument anybody willing to defend batman and robin to me fucking bring it on because it was the worst Batman film ever. <laughs> it's not even. It's not even the worst Batman film, man. It is like it, it, probably like, the worst it, film. Yeah, you're probably it, right. It is. It's definitely in the the list of one of the worst worst films. There is nothing I can say about that film that is redeeming. Well, at no. All. Like, here, look at it this way. It was the last Batman film. It was so bad that Batman just was canceled. Like, the studio, like, there was five studio proposals in the eight-year hiatus before Chris Nolan took that over. It was so yeah. bad, Batman was done. <laughs> yeah, and, and, like, a lot of people, and, I, you know, uh, our, our, our mutual friend Dale said, you know, at least it has Arnold in it. But you know what? I've heard that argument from so many people. Well, at least it has Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I'm saying this right now, and people, you're listening, you can rip me apart all you want. Arnold Schwarzenegger is actually the worst part of that film. Uh, I don't know. I, I think collectively it's all pretty bad. It's it's really hard to nail down. I can I can handle George Clooney as Batman and Bruce Wayne. I cannot like everything that comes out of Arnold Schwarzenegger's mouth is a one liner. What what everything? There's things that bother me about those movies far more than than Arnie. I think the one thing you can say about Arnie is that uh, he looks like he's having a lot of fun. Right? Like, I mean, you can't fault him for that. <laughs> Funny, it, inter- interesting little tidbit. Um, Chris O'Donnell said in one of the special features that the amount of times that he is pictured with Mr. Freeze in film, he's actually not with Arnold Schwarzenegger. He never shared one moment on that film with Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> That's interesting. He did a lot of background. He did he talked to him a lot in the background, but every time you see... Pretty much every time you see Mr. Freeze and he's not up close on his face, that's not Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's a stunt double. I, I think, uh, I mean, before we talk too much about the Nolan films, if you look at the 90s too, really what kept Batman fandom alive, even in today's generation, is is the animated side. Like Bruce Timm and Paul Dini uh, and their work with uh, Batman. 
fucking good. I don't accept so it. So it's it's funny. It's funny. Uh, if you guys actually have the Blu-rays, which I assume Jason, you do, and I, I, I would assume Chris, that you probably do as well. Uh, actually, I, I bought the anthology set, and I burned Batman and Robin and Batman forever. No, I'm just kidding. I haven't. <laughs> Took uh, it out of the box set and just <laughs> fucking lit it on fire. It's funny. Take it. <laughs> no, nope, second. Nope. 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 Don't have these. Nope. <laughs> Not in this house. Second to watch the special features on Batman and Robin, and the special features open up with everybody just apologizing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's it. You want to see something funny, go watch uh, Honest Trailers. If you're listening to this podcast right now, go to the YouTube channel for Honest Trailers and watch the one they do for Batman and Robin. Just watch it. <laughs> but the one... So moving on, the one great thing that came out of... Um, all the the Batman in the eighties and the nineties is definitely hundred percent the the animated series and and subsequent series after that. So we have Batman, which kicked it off for the DC animated universe. Then we had Superman, Batman Beyond, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited. All oh, that. Well, there, hey, what about Static Shock and the Zeta Project? We're talking about the ones that actually matter. <laughs> hey, hey, whoa, whoa. <laughs> that's all right. Isn't Will Smith's kid gonna play Static Shock? Fuck. I don't know. There's there's Fuck talk it. there's talk about that. Of course he's gonna play Static Shock. Of course he is. It's Will Smith's kid. Will Smith does something. His kid's got to do something. Wiki, wiki, Why the wiki, fuck wiki. not? But yeah, you're you're right. Like the like, like I said, the animated series is definitely if it, it, it plays a bit with some of the continuity and writes its own rules, but they do it in a way that that works. I mean, they rewrote Mister Freeze from like a campy you know, guy that shoots ice to have, like, this tragic backstory. Like, none of that was never, was, was ever there before the animated series. For sure. They, they introduced Harley Quinn. So, I mean, if you're excited about Margot Robbie in the Suicide Squad film, there, I mentioned it again. Uh, you know, you have Batman the Animated Series to thank for that because she is a completely original character uh, that, you know, was just never there before. And, I mean, the voice acting was always on par I feel like I'm the worst because I, I love this so much. But, uh, I mean, not only the actors, Kevin Conroy as Batman, obviously, who has, by the way, fun fact, portrayed Batman more times than all of the other actors that have played him combined. Um, Mark Hamill as the Joker, of course. Uh, best, best, hands down, best Joker as well. The best Joker. Joker. The Joker. He, he's the Joker. He, he is the Joker. Um but, I mean, if you look at it this way, a lot of the reason why I made it so good is, uh, I mean, voice direction was one thing. Mm -hmm. yep. It was it was one of the first shows to actually do, like, an ensemble. They were always all in the same room, you know, recording off one another. It wasn't like, oh, you record these lines and then you record these lines, you know, in a separate studio somewhere halfway across the country. You know, there was just a lot of care taken to, like, the writing and the storytelling and the animation style, you know, that we just didn't really see before then, and I think that's what kind of kept it all alive for so long. It kind of started the uh, the modern like cartoon um, movement in terms of animation because I mean, like, there's so many like be before that. I mean, there's so many great cartoons, but then Batman the Animated Series comes out, and and it's almost like it proves to the world that you know cartoons are not just for kids on Saturday mornings; they're for adults as well. And then you have that great Bruce uh, Bruce Tim. Uh, animation and just the the direct like you said Jason the direction they took I mean to me I look at the animated series as someone who hasn't read the comics but a few of the graphic novels I look at it as the definitive Batman history 
yeah, you really get uh, you get to experience all the great rogues. You get like there's just a lot there that uh, that you don't get in any other like you know in the movies. You only get like quick looks from film to film kind of thing. And I mean, realistically, I can't think of a Batman series in animation that was you know terrible in any way. Even the ones that came after it, like the Batman, uh, was one that came in the early 2000s. It wasn't. It wasn't bad. Uh, Batman Brave and the Bold brought its own, you know, it kind of joined the campy and the modern together, and there were some great, great moments for that. And even Beware the Batman, which got canceled after only one season, was uh, was really good. Like, you know, I, I just can't, I can't think of an animated Batman series that, that sucked. And, uh, you know... Chris, we know you're a big Superman fan. Um, I mean, this this was the the series that started again uh, a definitive history of uh, Superman. I mean, with this series, you know, they moved on to the Superman series, and I'm guessing you watched that when you were younger. For sure. Yeah, it was it was great. I mean, this this was a solid foundation. But I mean, also going on in in like a little while after this, we're, we'll just touch on this briefly, then we'll move on to the video game side of everything. Um, let's talk about the Nolan films. Um, I mean, obviously, we can credit Nolan for the resurgence in popularity on film. Um, he and the movies are great. Uh, to me, I still I prefer the Burton films over the Nolan trilogy myself. Uh, I find the one thing about Nolan, and I mean, this is a this is a DC thing, is that they go for the dark and the gritty, obviously. But I think the one thing about Nolan's Batman movie is that they're they're action hero films. Um, I think you could honestly replace all the Batman characters with action hero y archetypes, and you could still have a, the same movie, and it would still be great. I don't I don't necessarily know if if Batman has to be in them. Uh, what about sorry? Oh, no, you go, no you go ahead. I thought you were finished. I, I just say that's that's the problem with taking it too to a too gritty or too realistic uh, kind of sense. You lose a bit of the edge the edge from the comics. I mean, if you look at the Marvel series in comparison, like, you know, Iron Man, sure, it was... They kind of grounded it in a bit of realism, but, I mean, they kind of left a bit of the whole, you know, hey, it's, it's a comic book character. You know, there's still that kind of air of that in the film, which is, I think, part of the reason why Marvel's series is so successful. What about uh, you, Chris? What do you think of the Nolan films? Um, contrary to to Jason, and I mean, as much as I did love the Burton films, I, I loved Chris Nolan's adaptation of them. Loved them. Um, they're probably my favorite, actually. The um, it's, it's everything, and I'm not gonna, and I'm not trying to take away, obviously, from because uh, everybody else loved Heath Ledger as the Joker, and we we discussed that a few times on whether or not he was more popular because of his passing or not. Bottom line is he he played the character to a T, loved it. Um, loved Eckhart as, uh, as Harvey Dent as well. Uh, I, it, it, the Dark Knight was probably my favorite Batman movie ever made. I, uh, I, I agree with you there. It's, it's not only one of my, my, like my favorite Batman film, but it's definitely one of my favorite Superman, superhero films, aside from you know the Avengers and stuff like that. Um, to me, the lowest point in... Um, in Batman, and I'm kind of glad they clued this up. And well, they actually really didn't. It just got worse, kind of. Um, Rachel Dawes. I fucking hate Rachel Dawes. 
I wish they hadn't have recast her. I wish they never created her, period. Here's here's my thing, and I'm probably going to go against the grain of most people. I liked Katie Holmes a little bit better in the role than I liked Maggie Gyllenhaal. I'll, I'll agree with you there. Oh, for uh, sure. I'll also, I just can't stand for, like, my brain works this way. I can't stand for continuity's sake when they recast an actress or an actor uh, in a film. I mean, i got to settle with it because it's the studio's call, obviously. And I am Like Don Cheadle? Yeah, exactly. Like I just, I'm like, ugh, come on. Although Don Cheadle, Don Cheadle is pretty good War Machine. I'll, I'll give. Him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I love. It's. I'm not saying I don't like it. It's just. Don Cheadle got cast because Robert Downey Jr. hated Terrence Howard. Exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I get what you guys are saying. I'm just saying for continuity's sake. I just. I still wish it was the same person. At this point I now, agree. Don Cheadle's played obviously War Machine far more than Terrence Howard has. So you know I'm. Uh, and I love it, but like when it happened, when it all it was, went down, it was a little rattling like, for sure. I was like, ugh, damn! Now I gotta look at some other guy's face. I just think the character is pointless. It's only there because they wanted to give him they a, needed a uh, love interest. A love interest, and if they were smart, if they were really smart, they could have wrote in Talia Al Ghul. Well, they if they that. did it right, they could have. They did in in the last one. The Dark Knight Rises, yeah. Yeah. Really? What? I haven't, wa- I haven't watched Dark Knight Rises in a very long time. It's the one film I have not watched yet. Dude, she's the, the villain. She's, she's the main villain. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. No, what now, I, yeah, now I get it. Okay. You know sorry. what? Get off this podcast. We're done. Sorry. sorry. Over. I, I forgot. I forgot about her because it, that, that film is so overshadowed by uh, Tom Hardy and Bane. It's like it's hard to remember anybody else that's in that film. I, you know what? I, I'm glad you brought that up too. I, I, I want to talk about Tom Hardy just for a second because I, I loved him. I love I love Tom Hardy. I love him. Um, yeah. I love the angle Nolan took with the fact that basically they they didn't really make Bane the same guy he was in the comic books, but they kind of put him in today's world, um, which is what I absolutely love and hate at the same time. Um, I didn't find it true to the comics a little bit, and and I wish they would have done a little more with it. Now that being said, he was a badass character. I loved it. It was good. I just I think, to me personally, I was I was expecting too much. Yeah, I think again, that's uh, a part of the problem with the movies is that sometimes they have to take liberties with the source material that you know you might not have to in a long running series, like an animated series, for example. I mean, look at to go back to Burton's films; they are the ones that introduced the concept of the Joker being the villain that killed Bruce Wayne's parents. Mm-hmm. But that in standard Batman continuity, that, that isn't how it happens. It's just, you know, for the sake of a two-hour movie, if you want your storytelling to be, you know, concise, it's better to kind of just tie all that stuff in together, and it makes it easier for, you know, the non-comic fan who, you know, honestly, the non-fan is the person that probably will make up the majority of your your audience, especially when you're looking at the, the more modern takes. Yep. Uh, you know, it just makes it easier for the storytelling. But I do get what you're saying from a fan standpoint. It it kind of sucks when they play with it a little bit too much, and you're like, uh-huh, what? Well, one thing they don't play with a lot, and we're going to move on now because uh, obviously, you know, the films and TV is a big thing to do with Batman. You know, not obviously it doesn't overshadow the comic books and whatnot, but uh, the comic books is where Batman started. But one of the big mediums that Batman's really come out, especially in the past few years, has been video games. Now, before we obviously talk about the uh, the big 
games. Um, there's been a lot of Batman games um, before, obviously the ones that we you know we're going to talk about that you know have been you know they've been all right, but uh, we're going to talk about the Arkham games. I don't think we should overshadow the video game adaptation of 1989 Batman, where you play as a side-scrolling Batman who shoots people. Who's also purple. Yes. Okay. Basically, it was Castlevania redone as Batman. Exactly. Now, on to the Arkham games. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Chris put it perfectly. It's Castlevania, but it's Batman. There we go. Done. (laughs) Um... You know, you can get the action figure that looks like that, the purple Batman. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, the Arkham games. Arkham Asylum was released. When was Arkham Asylum released? Was it released in the early 2009? Holy shit, that game. That game. 10 out of 10 everywhere. That That game, though. That game, though. No, seriously, though. Seriously, though. If that game had an ass, that would be, like, the best-looking ass ever because that game is considered... Pretty weird fucking comparison, though. I know. (laughs) I know. But that that game's considered one of the, like, not only, like, the best superhero game, but, like, one of the best games ever. Did you know it originally started as a rhythm game? as, like, a, a dancing-style game. And, like, that's what Rocksteady was working on before they, uh, not like DDR, well, maybe a little bit like DDR, but... How uh, the fuck did that come <laughs> and, and, Anyway, listen, listen, listen. Before Rocksteady was working on Batman, they were doing, like, a dancing rhythm-based game. Uh, and then they got started working on Batman, and they actually adapted the concept of how to, like do the dancing to the combat in the Arkham games, because if you look at the combat, it's very much like, you know, fight, fight, counter, fight, fight, counter. It's very rhythmic how you, uh, how you, uh, how you work that. Uh, well, this is information I really did not want to know, because the next time I play that game, I'm just going to be like, <laughs> left foot, right foot, blue. Very, like, very Parappa the Rapper. Right? So guys, like, I played this game... Um, and like at the time, I was not really into Batman a whole lot. You know, I liked the films and you know the Nolan films. I liked Batman, but this game really ignited my fandom for Batman because this game pays tribute to so much. And especially if especially if you're one of those people who's who's done like I did all the trophies, I did all the the recordings, I did all the the dossiers, the whole works. Like this game is just like dripping with lore. Like it's just it's crazy. Are you gonna have sex with your Batman disc? I yeah. I would probably have sex with this game if I could because this game, man. Like I I when I introduced somebody to the Arkham games, they they were like, well, I played Arkham City. I was like, you haven't played Arkham Asylum? What the fuck? Like seriously, go and play this game. Like this game is amazing. It is still it is still even though I'm playing Arkham Knight right now and Arkham Knight is great and I've played Arkham City and I've played Arkham Origins. Arkham Asylum is still my favorite game out of the four of them. I think City is my favorite one. If I were to pick, if I had to pick one, I like City the best. Chris, uh, you like the side scroller one, do you? Oh fuck yeah, nineteen eighty nine, baby. Um, if I had to pick one between the two, I I don't know. I it's I liked City a lot. I also liked Origins a lot. I mean, I liked Asylum too. I mean, it, I, I I honestly can't pick one. I love them all. I mean, I like I, the fact that Asylum was the one that started it all. Um, so I got to give credit where credit's due, I guess. 
<laughs> I, I think, think each. Oh, sorry. Jason. No, no, hit, please, by all means. No, I, what I was going to say, and this kind of this kind of goes into. We're going to talk about a bit of spoilers here too, guys. So uh, just spoiler it, because um, a lot of people were given uh, Arkham Knight a lot of flack because it's more so a Batman Batmobile sim than it is anything else. But I think each game offers a little bit of different. Um, aspect of Batman. Like Ar- Arkham Asylum, I found, gave a lot of fan service to the lore, to the backstory of all these characters. Um, and obviously, you know, everybody who's not living under a rock knows that Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy and most of the voice actors from the animated series came back to voice the characters. Um, so that's a big thing there. But then I found City, you know, really focused on Batman as in a character who can fly around the city a whole lot. Um, Arkham Origins, obviously, being the weakest of the four games, just kind of was like a rehash of, of City, I found. But then Arkham Knight, you finally get to experience the Batmobile. So I think there's different aspects in each four games that are brought out about Batman. But the thing, like... That's something that would happen. Um, Unless I actually have to use it in the game, I very rarely don't use it. I'm usually just flying around as Batman. I yeah. very rarely use that. But, I mean, the nice thing about the all, all three games, looking at them as a whole, is that there's a very natural progression. Like, Arkham Asylum was very tight. Uh, I want to say somewhat linear in the sense that, like, you could only progress a certain way. You were confined to Arkham Asylum. You move to Arkham City. It's a lot more open. There's a lot more exploration. You're giving a lot more uh, free reign. Uh, and then Arkham Knight really just kind of expanded on that concept even further. Um, and, of course, I mean, they took a lot of care with it. I mean, you had Paul Dini coming back from the animated series to write the first two games. Uh, you know, they really set the ground stone for Batman in this game universe. Um, we didn't even really need an origin story. I mean, we just jumped right into it and, like, took off, which was fantastic. And then we got Arkham Origins and... That happened. Um, well, I mean, Arkham Origins is kind of like I look at I look at the Arkham series kind of like Assassin's Creed. Um, like there's there's the definitive Assassin's Creed games. Like there's there's Assassin's Creed, which was good, but then Assassin's Creed Two comes around and completely revolutionizes the series. Then you get those in between games, and then you get Black Flag, which comes around. the The Arkham Origins games and and obviously the the Blackgate game, um, they're just kind of filler. I, I look I, at it. I mean, honestly, if someone was, if someone listening is going to sit down and play the Arkham games for the first time, you really don't have to play Origins. No, it was created to kind of fill the gap while they were building this uh, new one for the next gen. I mean, it's an okay. It's a it's a good game. Hey, yeah, it's it's honestly, even though it is the weakest of them, it's still a good game to play. Except on the 360, if you have that stupid save crash error that wipes all your data. I like the Red Hood sequence in uh, Origins. I really liked that. Yeah, there's there's a lot of good stuff about Arkham Origins. Um, if you can get over the fact you're playing as Chris Redfield in a Batman suit, uh, yeah. Troy Baker does a fantastic job emulating Mark Hamill for uh, the Joker. Um, you know, there's just there is a lot of good things to like about it, but it is the weakest of the four by far. Side note too, since I mentioned Assassin's Creed and you mentioned Chris Redfield, the gentleman who actually voices him is also the voice. Uh, Jason, I'm assuming you've read them all. Chris, I don't know if um, if you read graphic novels or, or not, but if you do, I hope that you've read a few of these as well. Let's move on to just, just touch briefly on uh, the graphic novels because... I was going to say that out of all the graphic novels I've ever read, I think I've read maybe seven or eight total and four of them... And it's all Batman. been Batman. Four, <laughs> four of them have been. 
But I mean, this this is probably the most important part of our discussion because this is where the all of what we've talked about and what's going and going forward. This is where everybody gets their inspiration, especially the Frank Miller um, books. Like this is where everybody. This is without these graphic novels, there wouldn't be. Um, you know, a Dark Knight Returns or a Burton film or an Arkham series. So, like, which novels have you guys read? What do you think of them? Uh, and not just the ones that are Batman-centered, the Batman universe novels, too, like Arkham Asylum, Serious House on Serious Earth, things like that. Just uh, not the Batman ones. I haven't read a lot of, of the more modern ones, except for um, Hush was one story I really read that I liked. Um... But I have read all the older, like the Frank Miller, The Dark Knight Returns, uh, Batman Year One, um, which again, as I said before, they were obviously the, you can credit those for the creation of, of how we have a modern, a modernized, more gritty uh, Batman. Those are the ones yeah. that uh, that really started it all. The Killing Joke is obviously another um, popular one. Getting a movie for. Yeah, uh, the, in the animated series. Which, by the way, I want to point out, if you're not a fan of reading, Steve, um, <laughs> you can actually, if you look, if you look at the DC uh, animated original universe, uh, which started with Superman Doomsday uh, yeah. way back in 07, there are a lot of these graphic novels are ad adapted into short animated bursts that will really give you, you know... A better look great adaptations of these graphic novels, and they'll kind of cut out some of the filler stuff. So, I mean, Batman Year One, The Dark Knight Returns, Part 1 and 2, um, Under the Red Hood, you know, there, there's a lot of them. If you go look them up, I hide, most of them are on Netflix, you know. So, again, Steve, if you don't like or can't read, that that's, that's how I would suggest you uh, you check them out. Um, and uh, anyway, screw you. Um, but uh, they're they're also doing the Killing Joke, which uh, which uh, was just released. That Mark Hamill is going to be voicing the Joker. Which, interesting enough, uh, one of the more popular videos of Mark Hamill at a convention is uh, there's a there's a big blurb in this book, which is for anybody who doesn't know, kind of the quintessential Joker. Uh, go-to graphic novel for anybody looking for inspiration. Like this is where um, Nicholson and and Ledger and Leto, these guys all pretty much are deriving from you know this and other sources, obviously. But this one mainly. But Mark Hamill reads this speech out by the Joker, and it's one of his, his more looked-at videos online. So I mean, it's kind of a kind of cool that you know not only did he do this at a convention, but now he's going to be the one voicing the Joker. And interesting enough, too, is that after Arkham City, he said he was never going to voice the Joker again. Yeah. Unless, no, he said that, but he also said unless there is a compelling enough reason, as in enough money, for him to uh, want to come back. Actually, I'm, hey, I'm it, Realistically, I think from an artist's direction, he's, he just wants quality Joker work, which is fair. Um, the thing about the graphic novel, and I mean, I don't read a lot of the comic books because honestly, it's a really hard medium to to get into. Like, I know a lot of the back end of the lore, but it's really hard to pick up where a comic series ends. It's a lot of money to follow it all at once. And if you look, any of these graphic novels were originally like some of them. A lot of them were actually originally like comics, like you know, 
they were actually in a serialized run, and then mm. they get recollected and put into a graphic novel format. But obviously, like you can credit the movies mostly, um, right from Burton all the way to Batman v Superman, with having uh, you know a bit of a tie into these to these graphic novels. Like most of them take inspiration from Batman Year One, you know, The Dark Knight Returns, The Killing Joke. Um, you can really feel you can really feel that if you've read them and then you watch you watch the films you can really see where they pull a lot of that inspiration from and even and even some of the graphic novels going forward now are taking inspiration from the films um one graphic novel that i've read is is called joker and uh, it re it just came out shortly after dark knight uh, the dark knight rise um the dark knight shit i just lost it the dark knight returns no, fuck it. Anyway, moving on. It takes inspiration from Heath Ledger's Joker. I just had a fucking like so my the, brain. The dark, so the, the dark, dark night. The dark, the dark night. Yeah, I'm saying it the whole time. Sorry, guys. It's the heat getting to me. It's really warm here. He's finally got nice weather in Newfoundland. Everybody. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. My brain is like is like melting from the heat, but I love it. So I can tell but you yes, that, from, on top of the three like, and I just want to throw it out there. On top of the three graphic novels like you, that you mentioned, obviously, uh, I said The Dark Knight Returns, uh, Batman Year One, obviously, The Killing Joke. Those are those are three of the ones I read. I also really enjoyed because it's, it's the only one I ever read was uh, Nightfall as well. Nightfall was good. Nightfall was great. You know, obviously, it's, uh, it's I, I kind of branch everything together with Nightfall. You know, you get Night Quest, Night End as well. Um, but ultimately, that's you know the whole you know, Bane. Bane shows up, breaks it back, breaks out of Arkham, gets his shit done. I mean. That's that's that to me that that's the bane that I was looking for when we first talked about it. Not obviously the Schumacher bane, but like this uh, the the comic book bane. Bomb. <laughs> He's like fucking nemesis from Resident Evil Three. Um, but but yeah. So guys, all of this being said, obviously we know some of the future of Batman. We got Ben Affleck coming as uh, as uh, Bruce Wayne and Batman in the the upcoming films. Which I'm going to go out and say right now, my personal opinion, you're you'll not find a better guy to play both and embrace characters Bruce Wayne and Batman. I that's what I'm excited to see because I think it's yeah. going to be fucking awesome. I honestly think, like you, you said uh, earlier, Chris, that you think um, that you think uh, Michael Keaton embodies it both. I honestly think that Af- Affleck is going to be the definitive live-action Batman. Agreed, but until I see it, I won't make the comment. I, I, I personally think he is, but like, like you said, like I mean, it's not going to be a hundred percent until we there. But I honestly think he's going to be. He looks, he looks just like they he tore the Bruce Wayne out of the animated series. Nice thick chin. Yeah. Just, he's got it working out for him. It's gonna, it's gonna be good. Yeah. And but guys, what do you, what do you think, um, the future of Batman? No, because I mean, Arkham Knight obviously being the final game in that series. Um, graphic novels, obviously, you know, we have the classics. But where do you think, where do you think, like some of the video game? Where do you think the video? Okay, first of all, where do you think the video games are going first? Hard to say, really. I mean, here's the thing about comic book characters: they are meant to be everlasting. In media, we will see another Batman video game at some point down the line. Who knows if it'll be Rocksteady? You know, maybe uh, EA will pick it up and do Batman Battlefront. I don't know. Like, you know, (laughs) we're going to see a video game. The comics are going to continue. After Affleck puts a stamp on it, they're going to, you know, we're going to have another Batman down the line. It's just. Well, that he's isn't Affleck in parts of actually writing the next standalone Batman. He is though? writing, he is producing, and directing. Even after we all die, 
there's sure. going to be another, you know, another Batman. You know, it's just the thing about these characters, and especially people that like, you know, are very sacred about them. They're like, oh, Ben Affleck, terrible, or you know, nobody's better than so and so. You know, these characters are meant to be redone and rehashed and rebuilt for every new generation that comes out to see them. So I mean, they're like I don't James know, Bond, buddy. Yeah, I don't know where it's going to go, but it's going to keep going. Yep, like, we're going to enjoy the ride along the way. Exactly, almost, right? Almost you know? like Star Wars. It, well, no, actually, Star Wars is probably the one you had series to fucking I would do say. that, didn't you? <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, say, I'll say this about Star Wars, just because you're a dick. Um, <laughs> unlike something like Star Trek, which needed to be rebooted, or comic book characters that are continuously redone, Star Wars can continue well on, and it has. I mean, the original trilogy... You know, it's a generational style of movies. There's no need to reboot it, redo it. It's it's everlasting as it is. So fuck you and Star Wars, Steve. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> I just had I had to bring it. Final in. note: Fuck you and Star Wars. <laughs> fuck you yeah. and Star Wars. But guys, we want to hear we want to hear what your thoughts are on on Batman. You know, do you do you like Batman? Do you hate Batman? If someone mentions Batman to you, do you punch him in the face? You know, we want to know what you think um, about Batman. Do you like the films? Do you like the video games? Do you like the novels? Do you think Bat Ben Affleck's a good choice or you're still caught up on Daredevil? Who the fuck knows? But we want to know. Do you do you like Batman? You know, you can always let us know in the comments on Facebook. Uh, you know, shoot us an email telling us off. Uh, why did you guys waste uh, 30 minutes or 40 minutes of my time talking about Batman? But we want to know, and you know, you can go to thoseguysgeek.com to watch all of our or see all of our reviews from not only the three of us, but uh, from our great writers who are working on the page, and as well subscribe to uh, to our little podcast here on iTunes and SoundCloud, whichever one you prefer. But uh, thanks for geeking out with us again this week, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>